Welcome to The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Good Good Life. I am your host, Jan Jones, and I am so honored and excited that you're choosing to spend this time with me. You know, I want to know who is awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic. I can't hear you. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic, and you are definitely going to be more of all of those things after you hear today's guest. We are in for a big treat. We are talking all things emotional intelligence because it really is the difference maker. I mean, how we uh, control our emotions, how we interact with other people, how we really recognize what's going on with us. This is what we're going to be talking about. And how can that not make this good, good life even better? So before we dive into all of this, I want to introduce you to my amazing guest, David Brzezowski. He is going to captivate, fascinate, and intoxicate us with all of his knowledge (laughs) and experience. So let me tell you a little bit about how smart David is on emotional intelligence. He is director of training at Talent Smart EQ. So he has over 20 years of experience in leadership development, onboarding, diversity and inclusion, emotional intelligence, and personality assessments. He has led learning and development teams with General Nutrition Centers, Dollar General Corporation, and Landry's Restaurant. So he's seen it all. He's probably worked in all these businesses. So... In addition to his role now as director of training, David is also a master facilitator of all Talent Smart EQ's training programs. And get this, he is certified to facilitate Talent Smart EQ's Mastering Emotional Intelligence Train the Trainer, which is exactly how I met David because. He was my master trainer in certifying me in two levels of emotional intelligence. So David is like my Yoda. He's my Jedi, (laughs) I guess. Um, So he's amazing like that. Listen, there are so many accolades and recognitions for David, and I'm not going to go into all of them because I want us to hear from him. But I do want to share a really fun fact about David. He was an actor based out of New York and Los Angeles for many years. So I grew up doing a lot of local theater, but David really made a career out of it. I mean, he really did something with it. So I am so excited and just really honored that he is taking the time to be with us. Welcome, David. Jan, I am so excited to be here with you. I love your energy and I had so much fun working with you and the other ladies when we were doing the certification. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about emotional intelligence today. Uh, Well, thank you, David. We are excited that you're here. I'm super pumped. And I want our audience, I want us to just 
start at the beginning mm. because it's a very good place to start, right? Okay, so <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, little, the, the hills are alive, right? There you go. Well, you know, it's probably important that anybody who's listening who doesn't know what emotional intelligence is to just kind of give you a definition and then I'll kind of give a clarification. So EQ, and so that's kind of emotional quotient is what EQ is for, but it's the same as emotional intelligence. It, it really is your ability to recognize and understand your own emotions, but then it's taking all of that awareness and then managing not only your own emotions, but managing your part in your relationships. And I, I say it that way because sometimes people think, oh, wow, so once I learn how to manage myself, I can manage other people, right? And you and I have talked about this. That is not the case. The reality is that I'm learning all about my own emotions and how they sometimes interfere with what I'm doing you know, at work, sometimes at home. So that's the other really cool thing about emotional intelligence. It's not just a work skill to learn. This absolutely can help you in all aspects of your life. You know, whether you are coaching a team you know, for your kids or you're involved in the church or any sort of uh, philanthropic organizations, Emotional intelligence is everywhere in your life. And I have really seen it affect people in all aspects. But when you can recognize and understand what's going on with your emotions, and then you have a better chance at kind of managing what comes out of your mouth or what you do, just think about how, well, and I'm sure you've already experienced this since you've been through the program, um, what it can do to just kind of change the way that those relationships you know, are as you move forward too. I know that, and that is just perfectly stated that it is really about these relationships. I mean, life and work is about relationships. So and true. when we can have higher EQ, which is what this emotional intelligence is abbreviated to, right? Um, yeah. When we can, and, and this is something that I really love about emotional intelligence. It is different than IQ, right, David? Because yeah. we can improve and develop and grow in these competencies. Yeah, so I'm so glad you actually brought that up because a lot of times people think I'm really smart, so that's going to get me through life. But it only is really a part of people's success. And mm -hmm. let's face it, at work, we often on our resume have to have you know, certain schooling or skills that we have learned before we even get an interview for a job. And that gets us in the door. But often it doesn't keep us in the door. What keeps you in the door, and actually studies and research of emotional intelligence continue to show people who really work on their emotional intelligence, that's what's keeping them in the door. Because sometimes maybe we're thrown an extra set of skills that are necessary for our job. And we've all been there, right? We got a job, Here's my job description. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years down, somebody wants me to do something that I have no idea about how to do it. So I have a couple options, right? I can go and take a class or I might use my emotional intelligence and say, so I only need this for the next three months because it's a new project. So I'm going to tap into somebody that I know that does this really well and utilize their expertise in it and bring them along for the ride with me while I'm still fulfilling the requirements of that new skill. 
But what I love about that, and I've done this, Dan, and you and I think I think I explained this when I, I met you for the first time. And in the classroom, I am so technology um, challenged. And so there was a day whenever I couldn't even figure out how to turn on the darn laptop, right? Because the button was not where I, I saw it on my last laptop. Sorry, but that's kind of the reality, right? <laughs> and so been there, I have been there. Thank you. I'm so glad somebody else is better. But what I always do, since I travel a lot for Talent Smart to do train the trainer events and do classes literally around the world, sometimes I walk into a room and I'm unclear about how to connect. And so I am always using my emotional intelligence to say, who's my tech guru? Who do I have to make sure that I connect with? And I'm super nice to them, not in a fake way, but realizing that they're going to be my best friend for more than likely the rest of this class because if something goes off. So that's using your EQ where you're kind of lacking with that too. And I, I've done that often. And um, people at hotels where I go to for a second time usually know I'm gonna, they're going to need, I'm going to need them. <laughs> so, but I think that's a really great way for you to say, you know, intelligence is very different. Emotional intelligence and your actual intellect are very different things. And your IQ is not a skill that you can work on, yeah. but your EQ is a skill that you can work on. And that to me gives me and everyone so much hope. I say this a lot. So for my regular listeners, you know, I say maturity is a lifelong process. Mm. Like I, I don't ever even want to think that, you know, I have arrived. I want to continue to grow and learn. And this gives everyone hope that if we messed up, if we had an outburst that we regret, we can work on it. We can do better next time. Uh, you know, and speaking of that, I would love for our listeners to know kind of, uh, I'm just going to call them like the four buckets, like the yeah. areas in the model. If you'll share those and then, um, and then I've got another little question for you, but let's, let's walk them through, you know, how you get from kind of beginning to end and, sure. and where you start. Yeah, absolutely. So your emotional intelligence as a whole, it really has four key skills. And I love that you call them buckets, right? So there's self-awareness. That's our ability to really be aware of what's going on with us. And so you know, really it's thinking about, you know, what pushes my buttons and what do I know that pushes my buttons? Because we all have button pushers, right? But sometimes we ignore them. And then the next time that thing or that person comes up again, it pushes our buttons. And the more we get to be aware, oh, it is this particular conversation that every time it comes up, I get an emotional reaction. So be aware of that. The other thing that we talk about in self-awareness is how you can actually really leverage your strengths. So what do I do really good? I mean, Jan Jones is a great speaker. And so knowing that allows you to leverage that at times whenever you need to be able to do that. But sometimes people take those things that they do really well for granted, right? And they kind of ignore them. And then they kind of fall down. And they're no longer a strength. But then self-awareness allows you to go to the second skill, which is self-management. And some people manage themselves without even realizing why they are. But if you are very self-aware and you understand what pushes your buttons, I'm going to be able to manage myself the next time that comes up. Hmm. And I'll give you a quick example. Of, let's say that it's a person that you work with and every time 
you are in a meeting with them, they just ignite something in you that makes you get on the defensive or something. So if I know that, I can be better prepared for the next time I'm in that meeting. And I can make sure that I don't say the things out loud that I know are going to get me in trouble or lose my job, right? Or like I like to say is if you do the wrong thing at home, you're sleeping on the couch or out in the car, right? But those are things that happen in our lives. So self-awareness allows you to understand you. And then self-management allows you to manage yourself. Mm -hmm. But then you kind of alluded earlier about the social aspect of this. Then there's a third bucket, which is social awareness. And that's when we start paying more attention to other people. And we are trying to understand what makes you tick. What, what about you do I need to understand in this relationship so I can be you know, better prepared to be able to have a good, concrete conversation? Um, and I also need to pay attention that, let's say I say something and all of a sudden I see you have a reaction. And I have no idea what I said. I need to be aware of how can I step back for a minute to say, what just happened? And how do I make sure it doesn't happen again? And it really leads you into the fourth bucket, which is relationship management. And I love what you said earlier, that life is about relationships, right? And so when I am more self-aware, and then I can manage myself about that, and then I'm more socially aware, I can manage myself in a relationship so much more effectively. Because then... I'm paying attention to all the aspects of what our relationship is. That's why I always say emotional intelligence is much more than bringing this into the work. This is quite often something that is a game changer in people's relationships in their personal life um, or in anything else that they're doing because I'm dealing with people. And that's what this emotions, like it or not, are in all of us because we are human beings, right? So, But those are the four buckets that, uh, that are part of emotional intelligence. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. There's so much to unpack in everything you just said. You know, um, I am also a certified strengths coach. And (laughs) what you said is so true. And I tell people this a lot. We take our own strengths and talents for granted because they're so natural to us, right? And yeah, yeah, and and something about the starting point of all this, the self-awareness, we cannot develop what we are not aware of. And so so to be able to start there is such, it's a sense of freedom when you're really, really honest with yourself. So that leads me to a question. How do you address this uh, this question that people may give to you or this statement? Well, David, I, I don't really have any self-awareness. You know, I'm not good at self-awareness. Uh, you know, people often think I just don't have much self-awareness. How do you address that? Because we all have it. It's just yeah. whether or not we're using it, right? <laughs> So that's a really nice way of saying it, right? It's like, what am I doing with it? So first of all, sometimes it takes you a moment to just maybe pause so you can understand how important it is to be self-aware, right? And I think that when people talk about having a lack of self-awareness, if they start noticing that it's hurting their relationships, then take a minute, take a breath, Mm. and start asking yourself some simple questions like, what is it that I know that does push my buttons? and 
when we ask that question to ourselves, first of all, I don't know of anybody that doesn't have a button pusher. And if you are there, please reach out to Jan and I let us know because I've yet to meet somebody that doesn't have a person or a topic that doesn't push their buttons. But yeah. I, I say uh, kind of pause to hear about it because you're probably going to say to yourself, oh, wow, that does push my buttons. Every time so-and-so walks into my office, I literally cringe. Mm -hmm. And that's something to be aware of. But I love that you also talk about the strengths piece too, because far too often, as I even mentioned, like people just take those for granted. But if I start paying attention, what do I do well? I might find that that gift that I have, that's my strength, is something that might help me with the thing that's pushing my buttons too. You know, but the other thing for self-awareness I find is that people are almost afraid to find out some of those little blinders that we have, right? Because we that's to me, this is just my personal opinion, with all of the hundreds of almost thousands of people that I've gone through with taking them through EQ is I find that it's people that are afraid of what they're going to see when they remove the blinders. Mm. I love it because it takes a lot of courage to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 like I said earlier, it really is a sense of freedom and control um, when we can be honest with ourselves and have that self-awareness. And I absolutely admire and love, I know I use that word love a lot, but I do. <laughs> I love life. I love hearing all of this great information, but it all ties together. I mean, our strengths and our emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and our self-awareness and the way we communicate. I mean, yeah. this is the goal of building positive relationships. And it really does start with us. And there is something else that I want our listeners to really understand about the skills that you just talked about, the self-awareness and the self-management and then the social awareness and the relationship management. When we hear those words, relationship management, I yep. think it's a myth that you can bust for all of our listeners that we're not trying to control or manipulate someone else. Even in the social aspects of this model of emotional intelligence, it's still about us. Will you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, that, I'm so glad. Wow, you're on point today, Jan Jones. That is that is such a key in emotional intelligence. It's really when you get to relationship management. It's about us understanding. So what's our relationship about? So we do this piece in our classes. It's called a needs model. And we look at... You know, why is this relationship even exist? And so we're taking a look at why are we together? So maybe it's your boss and you, and you provide a function in your organization. So you can figure out what does success look like? But then the relationship isn't about us just getting the task done. It's about what do I need to be successful? And what do you need to be successful? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when conversations happen within the relationship, what I hear from people saying is, I had no idea that that was a need of yours. And sometimes it's because we haven't just simply asked the question is, are you getting everything that you need to be successful in this? Honestly, sometimes what we each need, I don't need to do anything to help you with, but I just need to be aware of it. So maybe I can open a door for you or yeah. kind of step out of the way or like I, I like to call sometimes in company in a company where 
the boss is blocking and tackling for you to get you know, obstacles out of the way. But that's a great way of thinking about in the relationship, I'm in no way trying to control your part of it. I'm trying to understand you better so that I can just make sure that we work more cohesively together. And the best relationships are respectful of that with each other. Mm-hmm. Where a problem comes into play is that we have not paid attention to needs being met. And so if all of a sudden my needs are met and maybe we got the task done, but let's say yours are not, there's going to be a little bit of friction later on because mm. when your needs not met, it may not be immediate, but maybe the next time they ask you to work on a project together, you might say, I think I'll pass this time because the experience wasn't good. And you can bring that right into your home as well, right? I mean, yeah. at home, if you're looking at a husband and wife team to say, you know, understanding what each other needs to be successful yeah. in that relationship, it could just be, listen, I get home from work, I need an hour to be left alone, mm-hmm. right? And the other person might say, and you know what? I've been home with the kids all day. And so as soon as you're done with your hour, I need an hour too. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of like understanding what each other's needs are. So going back to emotional intelligences for work and personal life, gosh, I, I, I had somebody in a class tell me, Jan, I think you may have just saved my marriage because they got through this whole model in relationship management. And I saw the look on her face and on a break, I said, what was that look for? And she said, I think you may have just saved my marriage. This was such Mm. an aha for me. And I was like, all right, my job's done here. Thank you very much. Let me move on. But that's a, that's, that's 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 definitely a mic drop moment, right? Right? Yeah. That's how powerful this is. And I I know this because of being certified and really mm-hmm. learning these skills from you, David, but putting them into practice. And I cannot stress it enough to our listeners that that is how powerful this kind of knowledge and courage and implementation can be in yeah. our lives, in professional and personal. In fact, I always encourage people, you know, start practicing these things in your personal life because this is where we really are most comfortable, but it is also where we might take others for granted a little easier because we feel more loved and more comfortable there. So it is just so very powerful. Um, And let's talk about the power of all of this emotional intelligence and, and the skills you just described for you. I would love to hear before we take our first break today, because there's just so much, like I said, that I want to unpack, but share um, a a really positive example of when this worked for you. You're such an incredible storyteller. Um, I'm not talking about fibs. I'm talking about like true (laughs) real life stories and they're captivating. That's why I said, you know, you are very captivating and I want the listeners to hear one of your success stories of emotional intelligence in your life. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, I will actually share a story that and I will not use names just in case anybody who is listening that knows me knows this person as well. But true story that happened. Um, I was working with an individual. We were both um, at the same level in this organization, and they happened to have gotten promoted to a higher position. They were not my boss, but in some way, shape, or form, they felt as if they could start acting like my boss. And so, what was happening right after this promotion 
was I started noticing that they were going around to other people in the office and asking them to do things for them, which was really not something they should have been doing. But then they started doing it with me. And I saw after a little while, oh, she's coming, walking right towards me. And so I started just trying to ward her off. And I was literally, as I saw her coming up, putting my hand up and saying, can't really talk right now, really busy right now. Or if I saw her early enough, I'd get up from my desk and I would escape, which sounds hysterical, right? But I realized that now this individual was my button pusher, or we like to also call it a trigger, right? And so she was triggering me. And then I was in a meeting one day with her and many other leaders. And somebody asked the question to her, how's this new project coming along? And she said, well, it's not started yet because David hasn't had any time to speak with me. No, she didn't. I know, right? All eyes turned to me and I had no idea what she was talking about. So I paused for a moment and I said, um, so, um, um, like I was really speechless. And so I said, uh, I'm apologizing. I'm not sure what this is about, but I will make sure I get together with her right after this. So we did. And I found out that one of those times when she was coming to approach me, apparently she had something valid to talk to me about. <laughs> so that's mean, I know. But there was one time that uh, I found out that that was the case. So I realized that this was something I needed to own because you can't change other people's behaviors. And I was very aware of that. So I knew that I wasn't going to say to her, here's what I need you to do differently. So I thought, okay, I can't keep um, ignoring her. I need to do something with myself to at least hear her out. So what I started doing was I created, we call this that little voice in your head. I would say to myself, here comes the moron. Let's just hear her out. So Jan, that's not a very positive thing to say to oneself because when you call somebody a moron, we know that you don't think very highly of them. So I wasn't really all ears when this person was coming to my desk. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was really not hearing this person. So I decided to change it. So this is kind of, again, that little voice. So what I changed it to, and it changed the way we worked, was I started saying, as soon as I saw her walking towards me, take a deep breath, and I would take a deep breath and hear her out. Much more positive. By the time she walked to my desk, I would say, hey, what's up? And we started having valid, really good conversations. And sometimes she had something that made sense for me to at least put on my plate with my team. And other times we got to a consensus that she said, no, I don't think this is nearly as important as the things that your team is already doing. Mm -hmm. So we started working very well together. It changed our dynamic because now what I also found is she was coming to me less often because now we were able to have these conversations brief usually, but at least now I was entertaining the conversation and she was able to get across what she needed to. Um, I always like to share this story because it's a true work story. We worked together for about another year and a half. And here's the thing. We didn't become besties. You know, I wasn't going to her kids' birthday parties. But we worked so much better together because I took that lead. And and this is all about self-management, right? And I was able to actually understand that, okay, she's in a higher position than me. 
she's now privy to conversations that I'm not. And honestly, Janet made a world of difference because I was no longer stressed because now when she was coming to me, I didn't have this big, I mean, she was still a trigger for me, but nothing as stressful as it had been before. So that that's one example of how really it was a game changer for me because I don't know that had I kept going down the road I was going, that I would have probably still been there because really I was the block yeah. in those conversations. And in the end, nobody was going to be okay with David saying, well, I just don't like how she's coming and approaching me, right? I mean, that sounds like a spoiled little kid. So <laughs> I had to actually really think about it in that way. And that was really a self-management piece happening for me. Yes. And thank you for sharing that story. It, it's wonderful to hear the practical implementation in all of our lives, even our master trainers in this stuff. And, you know, you touched on everything. It took the courage for yeah. you to really be self-aware of that, that self-talk you had. So you had to reframe that before yeah. you could do anything. And then you made another just key point. I think if we could all every day remember that we cannot control other people. We cannot change who they are. We cannot make them change. We cannot make them feel the emotions we want them to feel. And so when we, you said it, you're like, it was on me. Yeah. I took ownership of this relationship and it blossomed. So I think this is a beautiful place for us to take a short break. No one go anywhere because you're going to want to hear the rest of everything that David has to share. So we will be back in just a couple of minutes. See you in just a minute. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to The Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jan. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to The Good, Good Life, and I have the amazing David Brzezowski with me with (laughs) Talent Smart EQ. And before the break... He was sharing a great story about how all of this has really worked out in his life. And we touched on the fact that you really can't make other people feel the way that you wish they would feel. So, (laughs) David, share some insight about that, because I think oftentimes when we're looking for change, we look to other people. Right. Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, on that topic. Oh, yeah. You know, that's such a great point to bring up because how many times and think about this to anybody who's listening, you have said to somebody else, oh, you shouldn't feel that way or don't cry or don't don't get mad. That's kind of unfair because we can't make people feel a certain way, meaning that if what I said made you cry, then you're going to cry. Or if what I just said made you angry or let's go happy. Right. But. I need to understand that you're going to have the emotions that you're going to have. Because as human beings, we react in whatever way we react because our brain takes us there. But here's the thing. That's where social awareness comes into play, is that we get to pay attention. Let's say I made Jan cry. And you're not a crier, are you, Jan? (laughs) Our listeners already know I am very emotional. (laughs) Yes, and I experienced that with Jan too. But here's yes, the thing. Yes, if, I, if I make Jan cry and I'm surprised by that, I now get to ask myself, what just happened? Why did I do that? And so I might be able to kind of roll the, you know, the, the reel backwards and say, well, what did I say? And figure out that maybe it was something specific, I, I said. But if you don't and you can't figure out what that is, then find the right time, not while she's crying, but in a moment or two or later on the day to say, I just wanted to circle back with you because I had no intention of making you cry. And I just wanted to make sure what was it that I said or did that took you there so that I don't do it again. And that's the part, again, that you mentioned before that we own, right? We own if we cause something to happen like that. I don't own how you react to it. But if I don't want you to do that again, that you know, cry or get mad at me, then I better figure out what it was. You know, we talk about the below the surface thing in all of our emotional intelligence discussions. And that's what we don't know about people, even people that we're kind of close to. We know a lot about people that we're close to, but we don't know a lot about people that we work with or that maybe we're in in the church with doing things or we're at a school activity. We know what people let us know. But sometimes we bring up very innocent topics that trigger again, there's that word, right? That trigger us or make us have a reaction. And so if I care about the relationship, then I probably need to step back for a minute and start figuring out what did I tap into there that isn't. So that's why you know, we have to get out of our vocabulary, the whole thing of, you shouldn't feel upset about that. Mm. 
I don't have that emotion. I mean, that's that's very unfair of us to say to somebody else. And that's where I would say, Jan, for me, that's been a big aha for me working through emotional intelligence is I don't know that I was necessarily the person that said that, but I sometimes felt it. Right. I think to myself, they shouldn't be crying about that. But <laughs> right. And then I realized that, oh wow, okay, now I understand why they're crying. Okay. Yeah, it does. It goes back to how much do you care about this relationship? And yes. and if you are interacting with anyone in any setting, then there's there needs to be a level of care. And it's going to have different depths with different people. But yeah. we want this good, good life through these really good relationships. And so yeah. I love your insights on that. On just and And look, that is something that I think would really hit buttons when someone says, well, don't feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. I mean, it's like the clip in uh, A League of Their Own, right? When Tom Hanks says, there's no crying in baseball. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And the poor girl, she does is cry the whole time. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, and for the record, I'm usually crying tears of joy or just like sentiment, right? It's usually not. That's what I experienced, yeah. (laughs) Everyone knows that about me. Like, you know, I I just I'm I'm just a deep feeler, I guess. But Mm -hmm. anyway, and there's um, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Thank you for the validation, David. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Like my husband jokes all the time. Like I can't see the 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 animal commercials and just all of the (laughs) the mission type things because I just really I break down. I, I do. I feel it. But I think it's really important for us. And and like you said, this is that social awareness and that self-management. I mean, it all is such a beautiful model um, to really enhance our life. And I think another point that you made in your insights there, which I think is a great reminder that we need to notice right? We don't want to ignore these emotions. And and you said that, like, we need to either, we need to find the appropriate time and say, hey, I I see you. I notice you. And it matters to me that I caused a reaction. Could we talk about it? Um, And I think that takes a lot of courage. And it is about removing the blinders. Like you said earlier, I thought that was such a great point that we all have so many blind spots and we need to be open for people to offer that feedback to us and then process it and add it to our amazing ability to have a deeper self-awareness. So on that note, And talking about triggering emotions in others, because, you know, I say this a lot, too. Emotions do not always travel in rational channels, you know. And (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) And I know people feel that way about me. They're like, why is she crying? But, (laughs) um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this word grace. I think it is a beautiful word. I think it is something that we need to work more on. We as human beings, giving Mm -hmm. grace to other people, but also giving grace to ourselves. Yes. And you touched on the whole, you've got to trace it back. 
You've got to go back and see what could I have possibly done, take that ownership. So my question around all of this, I'm, I'm setting it up, right, is <laughs> would you share a time? Because look, we all make mistakes, even the Yodas of emotional intelligence. But <laughs> could you share a time where you, you kind of messed it up? You know, you messed it up. You did something you regretted. And then... How do you begin that process of of tracing it back? Yeah, so you want me to admit that I did something wrong? Yes, oh. I know. I know there's not many of those. <laughs> statements, so it should be easy to think of. So it's a great point because um, I I think we all are, have been there, right? Um, you know, something just popped into my head as you were asking me that question is, you know, in my family. Um, we are Polish and Italian, which also means very emotional um, in a lot of different ways. And I can still remember a time when I had actually said something and I didn't think it was still a trigger for a member of my family. So I knew it had been a trigger in for this person in my family, but I didn't know it still was. Well, when I said what I said, I noticed the reaction and... I thought to myself, is that still something that triggers them? Mm. Instead of kind of what you do in your families, right? Which is kind of like, ah, oh, get over it. You've been doing you. How many years has that been? And yeah. the reality is it doesn't matter how many years emotions go away. I mean, our brain does not just erase those bad emotions once we get through, you know, 364 days. And it's kind of like, okay, turn over, emotions go away. That's just not how we are built. And so I had to take a pause for myself to realize that I had just hit on something that was still fresh for them, but only whenever it was brought up. And so I waited because I knew it was not the time. And a little bit later, I you know, reconnected and said, was this reaction because of this? And the answer was yes. And I was apologetic. And um, you know, and really didn't want that to be the case. And that's, I think, where going back to how we own our part in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. I could have just said, whatever, just get over it, which is what many people do, right? Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you know, th this, this happened five years ago. Why are you so dealing with it? That part doesn't matter. If we really do care about the relationships we have, we could also hurt those relationships if I didn't acknowledge that and show that I cared. And listen, Emotional intelligence is also, by the way, not about being sweet and kind and crying all the time. It is about doing the right thing and being effective in our relationships. So I have found, especially over the last handful of years, that the more I pay attention to whenever I do cause some sort of reaction that is not my intent, I always figure out when's the time that's right to do the follow-up to understand. Sometimes it is within like five or 10 minutes. But sometimes it's not until the next day. And so mm -hmm. that becomes a, an awareness piece on you and that relationship, right? Is to try and understand they need some time to get less mad at me right now <laughs> and me to find the right words so that I can do that. And that also comes with courage because I love that you've used that word courage, but it's also then giving ourselves grace. And, you know, that is, that's my word for 2023. Um, uh, New Year's Eve, I was with my dear friends and we went around the room and what's your word for this year? And 
I came up with grace, not just for me, but also for others. I think I've been always more often willing to give other people grace rather than giving myself grace. Do you find that, by the way, with you? Yes, I have the hardest time forgiving myself, you know, when I know I've messed up. Yeah. So I needed to do that because I know that I get I can get really hard on myself if I cause Mm -hmm. somebody that emotion that I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'll carry that even whenever they're past it. So I've allowed myself to say, okay, you're not as perfect as you think you are, David. And so you clearly had a part in this. So give yourself grace to say that as a human, you just said something insensitive or or wrong, or you tapped on something so that you can move forward. Because I think sometimes when we don't give ourselves enough grace, we're not able to move forward, even when the other person moved forward, if you've done your apology or you've worked, worked through that too. Absolutely. And thank you for those beautiful insights there, because um, what one thing, well, there's a lot that stood out, but something that really stood out to me um, with your family member. And I think this is just true in life that hurts run deep and they they do fester and you think that you've moved on. But then when the trigger is hit again, when the button is pushed, it just comes out maybe even worse than before. And so, you know, we talked about being present. And and even in your example of the success story with your former coworker, it really goes back to something you said in the first half of the show about wanting to genuinely know what the other person needs. And this is not about ignoring your own needs. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that grace is a need we all have because None of us is perfect. None yeah. of us is perfect. And we shouldn't put that expectation on other people, right? When we can't deliver on it. Right. It's such a great way of saying it too. And, and, and sometimes we're not able to admit to other people that I need grace, but admit it to yourself, right? That's at that time when you're doing your own self-awareness or sitting at home and you're just thinking about, you know, what's up with me. And maybe that's the place where you sit down with yourself and say, yeah, I need people to have a little grace with me too, because I'm not perfect. Yeah. And, you know, part of, for me personally, um, part of really implementing emotional intelligence is checking in with myself. Yeah. If if I, because I, I am a really upbeat person. I mean, everyone listening, they know that they are a part of the Janiverse. It's a really good place, <laughs> right, everyone? Um, Can just I be agree part of the Janiverse me. now too, please? Yes, you are in the Janiverse. Um, And I just want everybody to just, you know, agree with me, right? (laughs) Great place to be. But um, if I I notice that I'm just a little blah or I'm getting Mm -hmm. a little short-tempered for no reason, I have to check in with myself. Like you said, what's up with me? And it's a good time to reflect and go back to your self-awareness Am I overwhelmed? Am I, you know, have I been dealing with someone that I didn't realize I didn't enjoy dealing with? You just have to ask yourself some of these questions to go back to that whole um, self-awareness. Do you journal by any chance? Do what? Do you journal? I do a little bit. I I need to take time to do it more. And the reason I ask that is because that's another great strategy that people who are trying to become more self-aware 
mm. that they'll journal for themselves. And it's something as simple as at the end of the night before you're going to bed, jot down some things that happened today, right? What made you happy? What made you really mad? Or things like that. When you start seeing this pattern, like if you go back and read through it, you might start seeing, oh, wow, look at that. It's every Wednesday. I have that stupid meeting at eight o'clock in the morning that I hate to go to. So I wake up grumpy and I'm like, so like there are journaling can be really healthy for somebody who's trying to really find their self-awareness for the people who say, I'm just not self-aware. So do something about it. And that's why I asked the question for you, because I, I find that you are very self-aware. And I think that that's a healthy thing that if you're not, start to journal and see what you come up with. Mm, what a great practice. What a great practice. It really is. And I, I, um, I encourage everyone to take David's words to heart. So, David, let me ask you another question here. What is a lesson that um, in your career you have learned and you just really feel like this is something that you hope everyone could learn and Mm. you could maybe help them get there quicker? What is a really (laughs) important lesson in your career? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, the first thing that pops into my mind is whenever I um, got the job here at Talent Smart EQ, um, I, I I had always worked on the corporate side of learning and development, leading teams, um, and never had worked on the third party side, which is what Talent Smart is. We provide a specific um, type of, of of learning and development from emotional intelligence and our assessments, and so. I had never done. And so I decided to take a leap of faith that I would be okay with becoming more of, and I'll put quotes around this, an expert on a topic rather than a know a little bit about this and a little bit about that. And the other thing was, um, and this is a trusting yourself thing. When I read the job description, many of the things that they were asking for, I did not have specifically like a certain degree, but what I took from that was a lot of my experience led up to that's probably what that degree would look like is because I've done X amount of years of doing this and doing that. So if any lesson I probably learned is trust yourself if you think that even though they're asking for one thing and you think you have enough in the in your in your backpack to say, but I think all of this could add up to that and then have the conversations for whether that is a job or you want to get involved in something extracurricular in your life or even in relationships for quite that that matter too is i think trust what you fully bring as a person is valid than just each of those individual things because had i not uh, yeah, like that okay. one <laughs> if i had not done that i would have not probably be i would not probably be here right now because i had every reason to look at the job description and say, I don't qualify. Mm. And I didn't do that. And I trusted. And in my interviews, I was able to relate a lot of things that I was doing or had Mm. done to what they were looking for. So I think there's a big trust in yourself that people could learn um, once they've got got something in their arsenal. Mm. That's amazing advice. 
trusting yourself. And you know, it also lets me know that Talent Smart EQ is actually practicing what they preach because they were open to the social awareness of, hey, we've got this amazing guy, David, that really could do this job. And he doesn't need this degree or that degree. He's got the experience and the creativity and all of that. So I love that it's about um, trusting yourself, but others really opening themselves up and and us doing that as well. But the whole trusting yourself, knowing that you have so much value to add to this world. This is something I remind our listeners of. The world needs what you have to offer. And emotional intelligence is only going to make what you have to offer even better. So, I mean, this has just been amazing. David, I want everyone to be able to know how to find you, know a little yeah. bit more about Talent Smart EQ. So, why don't you give us a little information there? Sure. So, listen, anybody who's interested in just finding out more about our company and what we do can go to our website, which is talentsmart.com. And it's a great place to find. Um, all the assessments that we have that we offer out there as well as programming. But we have a lot of incredible articles and webinars that are available to the public to be able to tap into uh, and just kind of see what we have. Um, Anybody that wants to reach out to me, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, You can reach me at david.b, as in boy, at talentsmart.com. And, you know, what I would say about the programming that we do, emotional intelligence does affect your whole life. And our assessments allow you to do a couple things. They allow you to look at yourself, but you can also do an assessment and have other people share their perspectives on you as well. And our programming is for every type of organization around the world. We work with the military, with law enforcement, with um, healthcare, with restaurants, I mean, with everybody. So emotional intelligence, like you said, can change your life. Um, It's been a wonderful hour with you, Jan Jones. And I would join you again at any time down the road. Well, I would love that. And I know our listeners would love that as well. This has been an amazing, inspirational, impactful. I told you all David was going to fascinate and captivate (laughs) and intoxicate us with all that he has to share. And we really have just scratched the surface. So I encourage everyone to go explore this at talentsmart.com, right? Talentsmart.com. Um, and look up David. You can contact me anytime. And I cannot wait for everyone to join me next week for The Good Good Life. You all have an amazing week until then. And love living and live loving. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.